0: We we tend to see a lot of what we don't have or what we're missing out on. You're listening to the Upward Momentum Podcast, where we tell the stories of those who have been faced with life's challenges and are creating upward momentum, whether it be unemployment, immigration, a global pandemic, or living with a terminal illness. And remembering, at the end of the day, it's all just a matter of perspective.
1: I gave up a long time ago.
0: I'm your host, Matt Nelson. And in this episode, I sit down with my friend and colleague, Ali Alarakia to talk about one of the greatest challenges he's ever faced that most of us can't even imagine. I appreciate every moment. This is going to be another good one and you might want some Kleenex for this one, as he's going to share some insightful perspective and a story of having to say goodbye to two young kids.
1: And I have to live with the fact that I just let someone, you know, lose their life, get ready because it all starts now, you know, 2018, um, September 25th, I'm on my way home. I got my daughter in the backseat. She's three and a half years old. My wife uh, was eight months pregnant. So, you know, one month away from having my newborn, my son, um, we're really excited to have him. Um, And right as I pull up on the driveway, I I got a call from my doctor, right? A direct call right from the doctor. And she was like, you know, we we got your results because they'd done um, an endoscopy and, so she's like, you, you know, we got the results for your endoscopy um, and we found, you, you know, the, the biopsy we took came back cancerous. Like the, you know, the the, the material we took out of you, it said positive for cancer. So um, I'm so sorry to give you that news. And my da- my daughter's in the backseat, she's just three and a half. And she's like, daddy, what are they talking about? Right? Cause my voice just dropped. Like when she told me that I was just like, oh shit. So my daughter, my daughter, caught on something was up. And then I had to, you know, get, um, get a grip on myself, get a hold of myself and be like, okay, like, let's, let's talk about this later and deal with the next steps. And then I went into the house and, uh, my wife wasn't feeling so well that day. So she was at work. Um, she's, you know, eight months pregnant, eight months deep. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, she came downstairs and I gave her the news. And then, so I found out September 25th, my son was born or, uh, My son was born October 24th, so less than a month later after I found out. um, I found out, you know, that I had cancer on the 25th of September. Uh, Right away, I started getting, you know, tests done. Um, And on October 9th, so just a little over two weeks later, I had my stomach fully removed, so that's stomach cancer. Um, So I, 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 you know, I went under. um, Doctors did surgery remove my entire stomach, um, shaved a little bit, bit of my pancreas. Um, they thinned out my esophagus a little bit. Um, and I was in the hospital for six days recovering from that. Right. Um, and then I had to like relearn how to eat again. Like, you know, that sounds like, why would you have to relearn how to eat? But like with no stomach, um, whenever you swallow something quickly, or even if it's just a glass of water, like you got to relearn how to drink water. Cause if something goes down too quick, um, you don't have that storage container anymore. Like mm-hmm. think of your stomach, like a basketball, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't have that basketball. I now have a tennis ball because mm-hmm. the stomach's gone. My small intestine, my intestines replaced my stomach. They just made a pouch, right? Um, so I had to relearn how to eat. Cause like if I swallowed too fast or, or ate too fast, it all just come back up mm-hmm. and that still happens once in a while. Um, Happens every few weeks, like once every three, four weeks, I might spit up a little bit. It's not really throwing up, just spitting up a little. Um, Had to relearn how to eat. So October 9th, got the surgery, was in the hospital for six days. I come out. uh, Two weeks later, my son's born. Uh, I couldn't be there when my son was born. I couldn't be at the hospital because I couldn't sit for too long. I was completely stapled up. Um, I had a staple running through me. I had a JP, which is like... um, a jackson Pratt which is a it's like a pump it looks like a bicycle pump sticking out of my body um and i, I can i couldn't sit for too long so i couldn't be there when my when my wife was in labor i got the call to go see him after he was born um i can even hold him for the first few like i can hold him but i couldn't pick him up someone had to put him in my arms uh for the first few months um and then so you know he's born october 24th uh exactly one month later November 24th I started my rounds of chemo. So I went through four rounds of chemo, um, you know, the first time around. Every two weeks, I'd go through chemotherapy, which was exhausting. It was it was hell, you know? Um, And then I lost more weight from the chemo than I actually did from getting my stomach removed. Not that I was ever heavy, like I'm six feet tall. I was about uh, 185 pounds, which is pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, you know, 145 pounds. Which is really light for a six footer um so uh, you know i went through the chemotherapy lost a lot of weight um it was really hard there's a lot of side effects you know I, fe- I felt warm or super cold all the time i couldn't control my body temperature um it always felt like my, my fingers the, the tips of them and my toes were always tingling like it felt like they were on fire um it was is really tough so You know, my, my chemotherapy ends in January. Um, and then I took two weeks off and then I started radiation and I went through 26 rounds of radiation. Um, so I'd go Monday to Friday every day for five weeks in a day. Um, and that was really tough. Like I thought the radiation was going to be easier because I was like, okay, I already lost my stomach. I've gone through chemo now, Hmm. you know, I should be able to take on the radiation. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be tough, but it shouldn't be as tough as the other ones, you know, as, as getting my stomach removed or the chemo. And it was, it was exhausting. Going to the hospital every day, um, getting the radiation, like it always felt like my, my abdominal area was on fire. It was super uncomfortable. Um, it's hard to keep food in. Um, and then after the radiation, I, uh, I went on a two week break. And then I, you know, I got to a point where I'd lost so much weight and I had no, I had like uh, nothing really left in me where, you know, were on this one weekend, we were at my parents' place visiting with my daughter and my son, my wife and I are there. And I was just, I had laid out on the couch and I hadn't eaten for five hours because I had no strength. It, it took everything out of me just to turn. Um, and then I really thought I was going to pass away that, that weekend. On the Saturday I was at my parents, Um, you know, I, I told her, I think I need to go to the the hospital and I don't think I'm coming back. Right. Um, I said goodbye to my daughter. I didn't tell her what was going on. I just told her look like, I love you. I just have to go to the hospital. You know, I'll be back cause I didn't want her to think that I'm not coming back. And I, I told her like, I love you Just always remember your daddy loves you. I think the world of you. I kissed my son. He was only five months old. You know, he was asleep. He didn't really know what was happening. And my daughter's, you know, crying. And then I went to the hospital thinking I'm not coming out. This, this is the last weekend I have. Um, went to the hospital. They put a feeding tube in me. And then things really turned around. As soon as they put that feeding tube in me and they started feeding me through, like, so I'd eat, right? Like, just like a regular person. But at night, they'd hook a bag up to this feeding tube that went around my ear and into my nose. And that would pump 3,000 calories over the night into my body. And then once I started getting all that nourishment, again, I started feeling a lot better. Um, And then, so I, I got out of the hospital, you know, I was hospitalized for five days at that point. Um, I got out, came home, started feeling better. I had the feeding tube in me for 28 days. So at home, I, you know, every night I'd hook up um, a bag full of food or well, a mix, right. Really like a shake kind of, (laughs) I'd be, I'd be fed through it every night. And then um, after that, I started another three rounds of chemotherapy, or sorry, I started, I went for another three rounds of chemotherapy, um, which was again like exhausting. Like I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna make it out of this. Like I really, I, I ninety nine point nine percent thought I was gonna pass away. Now I would have bet on me passing away. Um, and then three weeks after the chemotherapy, um, I went back to work. So i was like i can't be at home I, I hated being at home i'd been stuck in the house for eight months um, you know the, the memories over the eight months were there's some bad memories there like i can hold my kids i i can like you know i couldn't really um spend time with my wife i was always too tired to to really do anything um i was angry with, it, with everything that was going on around me and as soon as i got the you know the clearance from the doctor she said I remember my doctor, who's a phenomenal oncologist, said, you're cancer free. I was like, when can I go back to work? And she's like, well, you know, you you could take a month off and go back in a month or you could wait two months. And I was like, I'm going back in three weeks. And then, you know, three weeks from there, I actually went back to work part time. I was supposed to be part time for a month. I was part time for two weeks. And then I went back to being completely full time. since then i've been cancer free i'm healthy i'm super strong i'm a lot lighter but you know i'm here everything's back to normal i've had tests done since then um i had a test done recently where they actually found something on my liver but it was completely benign but my my doctors are so phenomenal they're like just because of your history they didn't know it was benign at the time they're Mm -hmm. like we're just going to go in and take it out so actually two weeks ago um 15 days ago I had surgery on my liver and I had a little bit of my, my liver removed. Um, but I'm fine. Like I've been cancer free for three years. Um, thank God I'm feeling great. I can live a normal life. Like, you know, I don't have, I, I do everything I used to do. I'm just a lot lighter now. <laughs> I don't drink anymore. Not that I ever drink a lot. Um, I was never a big drinker, but I drink once in a while, but now I can't drink. Cause I don't have a stomach to, to break down alcohol, like if I I can drink, but honestly, like after a shot or one drink, I'm wasted because I don't have the digestive juices to break down the alcohol. Right. (laughs) So it just hits me really, really hard. So I don't drink anymore. Um, I, I live a really healthy lifestyle. Uh, my eating habits are different, although I, I was pretty healthy before too. Um, the cancer wasn't brought on because I wasn't healthy you know I, uh, I visited Africa to go see my grandpa a few years ago uh, in two thousand and seventeen and the doctors believe I caught h pylori while I was in Africa, which is a a virus that lives in your stomach and it can live in your intestine and if you know it goes undetected long enough, it can create ulcers in your stomach which can become cancerous. so they believe that's how I got the cancer um that's where it came from. it wasn't due to unhealthy eating or and, and healthy lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for the last three years, I've been back to it. Um, you know, been I I some some it's been somewhat of a blessing in disguise because I don't take any days for granted. Uh I you know appreciate my kids, my wife, my parents so much more. I always appreciate them, but I appreciate them so much more now. And I do feel like like I'm very lucky. There's a lot of people that find out too late or don't even you know they don't get to find out they go to the hospital they pass away and then you know when the autopsy is done it's like this person had cancer um I found out just in time was fortunate enough to get the surgery go through all that therapy and to still be here with my kids and live a very normal life you know yeah um, and the doctor said it doesn't look like it's coming back and the good thing is is the cancer I had stomach cancer um it's very unlikely to come back Okay. Um so that's that's fortunate, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's got a it's got a high mortality rate, but with me, it was caught early on enough that that they could get they could remove it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of good things to this. Um but since I survived, I've you know, um I felt obligated to to share my story to try to help other people in need, whether it be cancer or a sickness or someone just going through a hard time, like, I want to share my story and let them know that they can get through it. Like, there was a point when I was sick, where I was so angry. I was so mad, and I didn't think I would get through it. Um, And I was actually at the hospital. It was when I was getting radiation. I was so angry at the time. And I'm a pretty spiritual person. And I was so angry with God. And I remember being so mad, waiting for my radiation, uh, and waiting in the room, waiting in the the hallway at the foothills. Um and then I heard a little kid speak up. And I looked, I looked at the child and the child was bald. And she was talking to her mom and they were just talking about everyday life. Like they weren't sad at all. I'm sure the mom was going through a lot of things, but the, she wasn't acting sad shit, but she put on a brave face. um The child was super brave and it, like you know like this is just another day. Mm-hmm. And I was like wow, I have nothing to complain about. Like I have nothing to be upset about. I've had 30 at that point, I had 37 healthy years. Um, and I, I was just like, okay, I get it. God, like, I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, I can't be angry anymore. And whatever, from here on out, I just got to give back and like try to help others the way people help me get through what I went through.
0: Yeah. So you said something there and I, I want to just kind of touch on this idea that you know, hearing the words cancer free. How did that make you feel?
1: uh it was it, it was unbelievable it was I, I felt felt like so much weight had been lifted off my shoulders and then you know I just it didn't feel real mm-hmm. and even now like even three years later to be honest with you it's something I it's always at the back of my mind like oh shoot what if something comes up you know like what if a test result comes back showing something and it's, it's not something you ever stop thinking about but um I appreciate life way more now.
0: Yeah. And so how is I mean, you say you appreciate life way more. Um, how would you say that's changed your perspective?
1: I just I don't take things for granted. Um I appreciate every moment and I, I see, you know, I think prior to it, I was and all all people are. We, we tend to see a lot of what we don't have or what we're missing out on, more than what we do have, and you know being thankful for all the things that we have. Um, and now I just appreciate everything I have a lot more. I get to wake up, I get to see my kids, I get to hang out with my wife, call my parents. Like every little thing that I that I took for granted before, I don't now. Like even when I'm just like texting my wife on the phone, and like you know I say I love you to her. It's it's like oh I I had the chance. To there was a chance i wasn't going to be able to do that send this text that i'm sending right now mm-hmm. you know when i wake up in the morning with the kids and get them ready for school you know even though some days are hard because you know how kids get a little crazy but um overall i just feel like hey like i could have not been here you know what i mean i didn't think i was gonna be here so i just appreciate appreciate try to appreciate every moment but i'm not i'm not a saint there's days where i'm where i wake up and i'm just like oh fuck like I don't want to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think everybody has those days. Yeah. Now, th- just kind of thinking back to your whole experience. I mean, you mentioned that one situation where you you were really angry. But what would you say was the hardest thing for you during that entire process? I mean, you the rounds of chemo, you went through radiation. I mean, what, what would you say if you could pinpoint maybe the hardest thing for you? What would that have been? There,
1: there wasn't one. I, I want to say there was one but there wasn't like you know when I got my stomach removed and before the chemo started I was like I thought to myself okay a lot of people go through chemo and survive I just had a major organ in my body removed chemo should be a breeze and I didn't think it was going to be a breeze but I thought you know compared to what, what I just went through I should be able to handle it mm-hmm. and then chemo felt impossible and then so when radiation came around I was like okay I just survived the stomach removal and chemo radiation should be as You know as tough as the others i just went through something super hard and the radiation was exhausting and then the chemo again happened and then the feeding tube it just kept like all of it was really exhausting there wasn't one point that felt you know that stands out more than the other where Mm. where i feel like that felt worse um it was all it was all bad Mm -hmm. but it was all for a good cause because you know i went through all that and i'm here today and i'm healthy and i'm around like you got to go through some hard shit to, to really appreciate life. Um, and, and I had to go through some hard shit for me to be healthy and to be here today. If I didn't go through that, if they hadn't identified that I had cancer, I wouldn't be here today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't have been able to spend more time with my wife and kids. I wouldn't be able to call my parents every day, hang out with my brother and just hang out with you and my, my family members, my friends, my coworkers. I wouldn't have all that.
0: Yeah. And w- was there ever a point where you just felt like giving up?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there was absolutely the, the whole time I wasn't brave about it. So like, just to be clear um, throughout the whole journey, throughout the eight months of therapy, I had given up many times. I didn't want to go through with it. Um, I was like, I don't want to do this therapy anymore. I don't care if I die. And that might sound selfish, like people might be thinking like, Oh, but you had a baby and you had a three year old, but it's so exhausting when you're going through it. So I get it when people are just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so exhausting. It takes everything out of you and more. Um, so there were there were so many times where so many points where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't care. If I if I pass away, I'm not going through another, you know, therapy session. Um, cause it was so exhausting, but it was, you know, my wife and my kids, my parents that pushed me, my oncologist and the medical team at the foothills were amazing. Like every time I went in and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. They're like, okay, you're, you know, you've already done this many sessions. You have only this much left. You're either 25% done or 50% done. How about you just do one more? And then after that, tell us how you feel. And I eventually I'd be like, okay, fine. Like you twisted my arm. Let's do one more. And after the after one more session, I'd be like, shit, I don't want to do this again. And they're like, come on, you're like now 50% or 75% of the way done. You've only got one or two sessions left. But that's it. Like do one more. And if you can't do it, they just kept pushing me. And that's what got me through it. Like I gave up a long time ago, Mm -hmm. you know, after my stomach was removed. Um, So it was my family member, my family members, my friends, my loved ones that kept pushing me, kept me going.
0: So it sounds like it really, you had a very strong support network that helped you get through that.
1: Yeah, it was, I had a phenomenal support network. You know, my my parents were there to help us with taking care of the kids. Same with my brother and my sisters. Um, You know, we had so many friends involved, coworkers who like, would would come by, visit, um, just be there for me. People were always sending me texts, even when I stopped talking to everyone, like, it was just exhausting. there was a point where I didn't even want to talk to anyone, and I wasn't mad at anyone, and I just couldn't keep up. I was just exhausted and even then, people would still like go above and beyond and you know just send me messages just to show me love um and just to show me support and then when I got better, you know, I got to thank them all and reciprocate
0: and you've talked about reciprocating kind of a couple times what um what, what is that? What does reciprocating look like for you?
1: Just recipro- for me, it's giving back, not just to my loved ones, but I was very fortunate. Like, I feel like God bless me. I'm so lucky to be here. There's so many other people that were in that situation or might end up in that situation that find out too late. You know, not too long ago, it's really sad. Actually, my brother's one of my brother's closest friends just four months ago, passed away from stomach cancer. He has, uh, you know, I think it's a one-year-old child and a four-year-old child. Um, same thing, he has a daughter, an older daughter, and a younger son, but he passed, He didn't make it. Um, and they just caught it too late, and it spread. And I'm, I feel so fortunate that I made it, that I got to do something to help other people going through similar, you know, similar issues in their life. or um, or are going through hard times in their life, whether it be cancer, disease, um, you know, an illness, or it be financial troubles. Like, I just want to be there for them. If I didn't have people pushing me, I wouldn't be where I am today. I would have been, I would have given up. I would have stopped the therapy and I wouldn't be alive. Um, But because people pushed me and, you know, were there for me, I need to be there for others to try to help see them through it. And maybe they won't get through it, but, I don't want to think that I didn't do anything to try to get them through it. Like I, if, if, if I'm, if I make an attempt to help someone and and they don't survive or they don't get through whatever hard times they're getting through, at least I made an attempt. If I do nothing, then I have to live with the fact that I just let someone, you know, lose their life or, or go into a downward spiral without doing anything about it, which I can't, that's not acceptable.
0: Yeah. And, and what, what sort of things do you find yourself doing to support others?
1: Um, so, you know, I'm in a, one of the things I do is I attend a, um, every two weeks, I go to a meeting, um, where there's people that are either cancer survivors, um, people that are, either, you know, currently dealing with cancer. And it's actually kind of hard to go through because some of the people in there have been given a very limited lifespan. They've been told they have very limited amount of time. But one of the things I do is I go there to just listen to them, be there for them um, and try to encourage, you know, encourage them as much as I can um, and just support them in any way I can. Another thing I do is I signed up for a mentorship program um, and, you know, I'm actually this Sunday, I'm supposed to meet with someone for the mentorship program. I'm going to be mentoring someone. I, I don't know who the person is who I'm going to be mentoring, but I'm going to be mentoring someone younger like who's either in high school or in university who wants to go down a similar path and they want to know either more about adult learning or project management you know things areas i've worked in so i want to give back in that way i've also you know uh, i grew out my hair um, just not too long ago i shaved my head and uh, or i got my hair cut and i donated my hair for you know so it could be turned into a wig to help people you know help someone out there in need and then all the funds that were raised from me cutting my hair were donated back towards cancer research and helping people in need. So I'm always trying to do something.
0: Yeah, that's that's super inspiring, Ellie, and you know your story is is you know definitely one of those those rare stories you don't hear often. I mean, so many of us have been have been faced with adversity in our life, but I don't think we could necessarily stack up to kind of what you've been through.
1: No, i think i think everyone's gone through like something super hard and like i'm not i'm not trying to toot my horn either it wasn't i'm i'm not shit. the reason i'm here is because of the people i'm surrounded with and because i i just you know i was blessed to be here i had nothing to do with it but if i could you know support someone else so mm-hmm. they can get to that point that same point where i'm at today then that's that's you know a huge milestone. That's that's something that I can be very proud of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what um, what a piece of advice would you give anybody else who to to kind of give back and, and support in the many ways that you've
1: done? Well, I don't I don't think I've I've done a lot to give back. I think I'm trying to do a lot to give back. I'm not tooting my own horn, I have so much to do. I haven't done it anywhere close enough. I'll never be able to do enough. Um, but like for anyone, you know, that's that's survived or going through it and has has gotten to see, you know, come up, come out, to see the other side. We owe it to people, whatever it's that you've gone through, whether it be an illness, financial struggles. If you've gotten through that, you owe it to people to help them through their tough times, so they can get to where you're at, because. You're where you're at because of the people around you and because of the blessings you got. It had nothing to do with me. I'm not here today because of me. I'm here because of the people that supported me and because I'm blessed to be here. Um, so I have to give back to others, right? And and that'll just, that'll keep, that'll move on and spread out. They'll give back to others and, and we'll be able to just help more people and just make this a better place to be and.
0: Yeah. Well, those are, those are some inspiring words, you know, it's really that idea sounds, you know, the pay it forward to really help each other out, support each other and pick each other up, especially in a time of need and sharing experiences.
1: Yeah. Thanks man.
0: Yeah. Well, Ali, I want to say thank you so much um, for joining me on the podcast. Um, that was, wow. That was, that was a really not a touching, inspiring story. Um if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to uh to reach out?
1: Uh so there's a couple of ways, you know. Um I can be found on LinkedIn. Uh my name's hard to spell, so it's my it's Ali Alarakia. So my first name is A-L-L-Y. My last name is A-L-A-R-A-K-H-I-A. Uh they can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Facebook, um, you know, shoot me a message and I'll give you my email address. Um and you know if you need help getting through anything, just, just let me know and I'll do whatever what, whatever I can. I can't guarantee that I'll be able to help, but I will do what I can in my power to try to help you get through whatever it is. And it doesn't even have to be like, you don't have to be struggling. Like, you could be, you just need someone to talk to or, you know, want to reach out. Follow her. I'm here. Awesome
0: thanks again Allie. um and if you want to get in touch with with me or upward momentum um, you can also find us on LinkedIn by searching upward momentum also on instagram or on Twitter at upward momentum with the number one thanks again and uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already
1: hey and, and one last thing so I just want to point out matt um uh, i although although him and I always always bust each other's balls you awesome dude to work with a uh, phenomenal guy i really appreciate you giving me the chance to be able to do this I, I love working with you man um i'm having a lot of fun with you and i look forward to, to working with you a lot more and continue busting your balls over, over the years all right Th- thanks Allie. all right man really appreciate this time
0: no thank you for joining me Take care.